Today on InGrace, we're gonna answer the question, can dinosaur soft tissue last 65 million years? Stay tuned. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today on In Grace, we have a very, very special episode for you. We're going to talk about dinosaurs. You know, dinosaurs, I think, capture the imagination of kids. And many of us are really just kids at heart, aren't we? Well, we're going to be talking to a wonderful man, a PhD by the name of Dr. Kevin Anderson. Now, sadly, after we had recorded him in July of 2021, he passed away about six months later. And so you're going to hear a man that is now with the Lord, but a man that God used greatly to research something that's a relatively new discovery, and that is dinosaur soft tissue. Dinosaur soft tissue has blown away the scientific community because they tell us that dinosaurs are millions and millions of years old. How could soft tissue still exist? And sure enough, in 2014, Mary Schweitzer found this soft tissue. And she said that leaves us with two alternatives for interpretation. Either the dinosaurs aren't as old as we think, and that's anathema, by the way, to evolutionary science, or maybe we don't know exactly how these things get preserved. Well, you can't tell me that soft tissue survived 60 million years, but they still might try to tell you that. Listen, evolution's in big, big trouble. And Dr. Kevin Anderson today, I think, will help you understand why that is. And again, sadly, he has passed away. And this episode is, part of it is to honor him, to honor the man that God used to do a lot of research and had developed a beautiful laboratory and uh, and sadly hasn't had a chance to, to use it fully, but others are and others will. But to honor this man with the Creation Research Society, and their website, by the way, is creationresearch.org. Let me encourage you to go check them out and learn about what they have to say. But we here at InGrace love creation. We open up the Bible and we read that God created the heaven and the earth. And so we just take that as a simple historical statement. And and also we we see in scripture that according to chronology, the, the, the length of people's lives and the different people that lived, the earth isn't millions of years old, billions of years old. It's, it's only thousands of years old. And so we are so excited that we actually have the science on our side. You don't have to throw away your brain to believe the Bible. And so we're going to talk about that and more. But we love creation. And as a matter of fact, we're going on a cruise to Alaska. We're calling it the Creation Cruise. And it's July 9th. So that's coming up right around the corner. I'm not even sure if we have space available. But we are meeting together as an in-grace group every evening. Myself, I'll be ministering. My wife will be there. 
and a creation speaker, Bruce Malone, his wife, Robin. We would love for you to at least look at the brochure and let us know if that's something you'd be interested in, and we'll let you know if we have space. IngraceRadio.com is the website, and you can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. IngraceRadio.com or 1-800-78-GRACE. Now, we have a very special product for you. I think you need this resource. It's a video series called Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. And we went on a dinosaur dig with Dr. Carl Ball, and we had a forest fire, and we had all these crazy things happen, but we found something unexpected. Two dinosaurs that disprove evolution were right together. To find out more about this great, incredible adventure, uh, give us a call, 1-800-78-GRACE. Make a gift of any amount to InGrace, and we'll send this video to you either by DVD or digital download. You can also go to our website day and night, ingraceradio.com, click on the Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution offer. If your gift can be $35 or more, more people hear the gospel through InGrace, and we're going to send you two more powerful video series. These are both tours of creation museums. One is the Institute for Creation Research's Museum in Dallas, and you're going to really want to see this with Frank Sherwin, and another tour with Dr. Carl Ball, his museum in Glen Rose, Texas, the Creation Evidence Museum. All three of these videos for a gift of $35 or more, and again, your gifts, your contributions, your donations will make sure more people hear about our great creator. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Dr. Kevin Anderson, it's so awesome to have you on InGrace today. Well, it's great to be here. And listen, we are going to be talking about something that is a real problem for evolution or anyone that believes in long, long, long periods of Earth history. Yes, yes. It's in dinosaur fossils that they would date at, at least 65 million years, and many of them even 80, 100, 150 million years, we're still finding biological material, tissue, fragments of proteins, cells, potentially even DNA. Wow. And see, this contradicts that time frame because all the biochemistry we know about degradation of biological molecules is they don't last that long even under the most well-preserved condition. So how do you explain this material still there and really in some cases very excellent condition, blood vessels still intact, red blood cells, if they're millions and tens of millions of years of age? So that creates a problem for them to try to explain because it contradicts the age they're trying to say that the fossils are. Right. And if the dinosaur fossils have been misdated, then that means all fossils have been misdated. If all fossils have been misdated, then that means that all rocks have been misdated. And if all rocks have been misdated, then the whole thing comes tumbling down like a house of cards. It wasn't that long ago, right, when this discovery was made. Was it Mary Schweitzer that first noticed this or published on it? It was it was Mary Schweitzer's team in North Carolina that published in 2005 the paper that really caught attention. There were several papers before that, even some creationist papers, mm -hmm. that hinted at the possibility there might be some biological material still in these fossils, but it was dismissed as, well, we know that can't be true because they're too old. So it was dismissed as, okay, well, there was a contamination or you, some kind of analytical error with your instrument but as instrumentation has gotten better, mm -hmm. as 
the techniques have gotten more careful, it's much harder to just dismiss it as contamination or instrument error. And in 2005, her publication, she did a very good job of being very, very careful in everything because she knew the implication of it. Even she's an evolutionist. She certainly believes that it is, you know, 65 million years of age. She knew the implication, but she, of course, still wanted to publish it. So she was very careful in her work. And it, this is the paper that really caught the attention of the scientific world. So that's kind of the beginning point of what's led from then till now as far as the research, the uh, claims that have been made, the arguments back and forth and such. So that's really kind of where it started. Now, you're a bona fide scientist. Yes. No, and I know yes. sometimes, you know, as Christians, we don't want to be boastful or anything. So I'm not talking about boasting. I'm just saying, what are, what are your credentials? How, do you, how are you an expert in being able to research dinosaur soft tissue? All right, I did my college education at Virginia Tech in Kansas State. I got my doctorate in microbiology. I was a postdoctoral fellow right down the state here at University of Illinois in one of the top micro labs in the world. And that's why I went there. Mm -hmm. I was actually a National Institute of Health postdoctoral fellow at that lab. And then I've been a university professor. I've also been the director of research of a biotech corporation. So yes, I have the credentials. I have the uh, academic background training and the publication record, the presentation record that makes me a bona fide scientist. That's all I've done. My whole life is, is science. So in that respect, I'm one that the world would tell you is not supposed to exist because <laughs> I'm not supposed to be a Christian any longer. I'm not supposed to certainly be a biblical creationist any longer because yes. I'm supposed to have learned better. But this whole idea that uh, you're, you're qualified to research these things and you've actually done studies, right? Yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what are you gonna do? What, what are the, some of the things that you're studying on these tissues? Well, right now, our focus is actually not on more discovery because there's a lot of labs that have discovered the tissue, our focus is on trying to challenge the explanations of why the evolutionists say it's still there. Because <laughs> of course, they're not just sitting around, you know, waving their hands. They're saying, okay, well, we think this is why it's preserved, or we think this is why it's preserved. And our response is, we don't think that works, but they're not doing the scientific investigation to demonstrate if it works or not, so we're doing it. Uh, so right now we're doing some biochemistry work on protein degradation, demonstrating, yeah, your method of preservation doesn't work. It's not going to get you what you think. So the only way for evolution to survive this dinosaur soft tissue problem is to say that somehow, some way, right. something preserved this right. tissue, blood right. cells, maybe even DNA, for millions of years, which Biology says cannot Correct, be. correct. Protein biochemists that study protein degradation still, for the most part, don't accept that this is real dinosaur tissue because they recognize proteins don't last that long. They may have conditions that will slow down their degradation, but not that much. They still degrade at a predictable rate, and our predictable rate is they're going to be long gone before 65 million years. Yes. So it is a conundrum that they face because they're still going to remain an evolutionist, but they say it can't be real tissue. Now, they can't explain why it's not because mm -hmm. the evidence is real tissue is really clear. So they're in this very uncomfortable conundrum of what they know from biochemistry 
versus the very clear evidence that it's real tissue and still trying to remain an evolutionist. <laughs> and my comment is always come over to the light side because <laughs> for us, no problem. We agree with both. It's real tissue yep. and the proteins won't last that long. Right. So we have the easiest explanation. Mm -hmm. It's the most parsimonious interpretation. And in science, usually the most parsimonious interpretation is the correct interpretation. Yes. It doesn't require all kinds of secondary and tertiary assumptions and all kinds of conjecture and such. Right. We don't need any of that. But the tissue is still there and it's still detectable, fits very well with our time frame. Yes. Your kids and grandkids are being bombarded by evolution and humanism. Equip them with resources that will help them not only survive, but thrive. As a thank you for your gift of any amount this week, Jim Scudder will send you an action-packed dinosaur adventure called Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. When your gift is $35 or more, you will receive two more exciting video adventures, irrefutable creation evidence, a behind-the-scenes tour of Carl Baugh's fascinating Creation Evidence Museum in Glen Rose, Texas, and Origins, Creation or Evolution, a walk through the incredible Institute for Creation Research Discovery Center with Frank Sherwin. To make an investment in Grace, call now, 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to ingrace, Again, that's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Dr. Anderson, you obviously are involved in dinosaur research, and, you know, I always kind of think of a certain movie when you, you talk about dinosaurs, right? Yes, yes. That becomes the question. When you hear the word Jurassic, what do you think of? Park. Well, yeah, that's true. But Jurassic Park makes you think of what? Of course, it makes you think of dinosaurs. Right, and certain kinds of dinosaurs, exactly. right? Exactly, yes, that so too. So my assumption right. is those dinosaurs yes. lived in the Jurassic period, yeah. or the so-called Jurassic. The so-called Jurassic. Technically, dinosaurs are, are listed as having lived in the Jurassic, Jurassic, and Crustaceous period which we're told in our standard geology and biology textbooks was, you know, 65 to almost 200 million years ago. And then this is also known then as the age of dinosaurs. So you think of Jurassic, you think, okay, dinosaurs, dinosaurs a long time ago. And so then that sets up immediately this mindset that dinosaurs are some kind of ancient prehistoric right, and have nothing to do with humans and Bible time or anything like that. And so they've already kind of got you because now they've already established that you're thinking in their time frame, not Bible time frame. Except Fred Flintstone, I Except, think, had dinosaurs. Yeah, in, he had dinosaurs. But yeah. he, he was ancient. Yes. So, yes. But, and this, of course, for many people, then that allows them to hit ignore right. button for the Bible. Don't the even Bible's have to think wrong. about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you think the Bible's right. Well, then explain dinosaurs. Supposedly that's supposed to be the answer. You know, that's supposed to be it. We're done. And the Bible is just mythology and fables and such. Yeah. So you have all of these supposed ancient time periods, Cretaceous, yeah. Jurassic, yeah. Triassic, but the Bible actually would give us a, a younger earth, right? Correct. Based on the chronology Correct. of the people that lived in the Correct. Bible. Correct. It really becomes a comparison of interpretation. So really what we have is, you know, 
uh, Dickens wrote A Tale of Two Cities. Yes. What we're really talking about is it's a tale of two worldviews. Right. Those worldviews give us interpretations, but of course it's really not a tale, it's a clash uh. of worldviews. There's the Christian worldview, and then what I would call the pagan worldview, because anything that's not Christian is pagan. So it's Christian worldview, and the interpretation you get from that, and then the non-Christian worldview, and the interpretation that gives you. So scientists determine the Earth is four and a half billion years old. This gives us enough time for evolution, and that becomes the key. We need time for evolution. Because, see, this is the way that the evolutionist will interpret the fossil record. You know, if we looked in the ground, we're going to see something like this. We're going to have geologic layers with, filled with fossils. Right. And they would say, okay, this layer was 10 million years before this layer, which was 5 million years before this layer, which was 50 million years before this layer. So they see these fossils as representing periods of time, millions of years apart from each other. So they don't really need the transitional forms that we creationists keep wanting to claim that they have to have and really should have, because to them, this is all they need because they say, well, this fossil lived 50 million years before this fossil, and we see obviously change occurred, so that means this fossil evolved into this organism, this organism evolved into this organism, and so they see evolutionary change throughout the geologic column based on their understanding of the dating of those fossils. So to them, it becomes very clear as their interpretation, this is evolution. Even if they can't really explain to you what evolved into what or how it evolved, it doesn't make any difference. We see evolution occurred. We had massive changes occur over millions of years. That's evolution. Now, you, you said something, though. Uh, the transitional yes. forms, right? Yes. The missing links. Right. So how many are there of these transitional forms? How many have they found or discovered? It, it's going to depend on how you even define transitional forms. For example, we would say, well, what's the transitional forms between invertebrate and vertebrate? Well, you don't really have any. What's the transitional forms between fish and land animal? Well, you don't really have Wouldn't any. you have to, though? We would argue, yes. There's no reason they shouldn't be there. They should be there in the millions. Why yeah. aren't they there? Right. And, of course, evolution has tried various explanations of why there are gaps in the fossil record. Sometimes they deny the gaps in the fossil record, but the gaps are there. So we would argue they should be there. But to them, it's not that critical because they see evolution regardless. Gaps or no gaps, we know it evolved. And therefore, the absence of certain fossils is not that big a deal to them. Hmm. Okay, the biblical creation view would be looking at the same fossil record, but saying, okay, this was laid down over time during the flood. See, the flood wasn't overnight. It wasn't a matter of the next day, all of a sudden, all the mountains were covered. There would have been months. Right, of 150 days. Rain yes. and water yes, coming rain up. Rain and from water. The in fact, earth. the water continued to rise after the rain stopped because most of it was coming from subterranean and and you know already existing water sources in and on Earth. Massive amounts massive of erosion. Amounts. Right. And you yes. also have massive yes. tidal activity happening. Oh, so absolutely. You, so you would expect to find sorting, layering. And we've actually seen this layering happening in front of our eyes yes. at Mount St. Helens yes. and other places. Yes, exactly. Quickly. Exactly. So this would be the creation interpretation of the exact same data, but notice the difference. Now, all of a sudden, instead of it representing a history of evolutionary change, it's a snapshot of one time in Earth history, and all of these fossils were animals that were contemporary of each other. They weren't evolving into each other. They lived at the same time. And so suddenly we'd lose the evolutionary 
paradigm, if you will, the evolutionary linkage of each of these fossils because they're contemporary. And they would also sort based on density, where they originally lived and things like that. Exactly, so, the first ones to be buried would be the lower sea creatures, right. and that's exactly what we see. Right. But that fits the flood model, wonderful. Too many people seem to think that the that the flood would have been some kind of washing machine, just mixing everything all up, and, and the fossils should be just scattered randomly. But that's, no, It was as it was going up, it was covering then the next ecological niche. Right, and so and, that's and those, what you see. And that's yes. what you would see. So you would yes. see dinosaurs, you would expect to see dinosaurs a little bit higher exactly. than the vertebrates exactly. because they're able to flee to exactly. higher ground and, and all of that. But still, most of the false record, about 95% of the false record is still crustaceous marine creatures because they were the ones first buried, but they also continue to mix with everything all the way up, which makes sense in a flood model of geology. Now, when you're digging and you're finding um, dinosaur fossils and then all of a sudden they've discovered the, the soft tissue where you're, mm -hmm. you're actually uh, talking about blood vessels. Yes. And cells yes. and proteins and things like that. Yes. So when you find something like this triceratops, by the way, when you dug, the, and you were part of digging this out. I was out, part of digging the horn, Most yes. people would not want to cut that up and sample it and research it. <laughs> no, this would have made a beautiful museum piece. Oh, yeah. Our, our museum guides were just like, you can't be cutting this up. Right, but, but you're a researcher. But, right, that was, we were there, Mark Armitage and I were there, and that was our purpose of being there, was to collect this and to sample it, and yeah. that means breaking it up. Where yeah. was this found? This was found in the eastern part of Montana, near Glendive, Montana. 46 and a half inches. So this is very large for a, a yes. triceratops. This would have been a main horn. Huge. This would have been a huge triceratops. Yes. So you were able to take this and basically dissect it. Yes. Uh, and what did you find? Well, Mark was our microscopist at the time, and he pulled out tissue from that horn. Huh. These are dinosaur bone cells, osteocytes. These are dinosaur osteocytes. So there's no possible way that this could survive probably even a million years. I, I wouldn't know how. In fact, this is a dinosaur blood vessel. Well, this is all so fascinating, Dr. Anderson. I appreciate you uh, for your strong stand on the Word of God, your, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the who of creation. Uh, you're a blessing. So thank you for your, well, your work. And your thank work. you so much for having me. I hope after today's In Grace episode with Dr. Kevin Anderson, it has made you think. Yeah, maybe all the stuff that I thought isn't true. Maybe there really is a God that created us, just like the Bible says. Every time we look at real science, we find it does fit the Bible perfectly. And if there was a great flood at the time of Noah, a worldwide catastrophe, as we believe 100%, there's great evidence for that, and it's exactly what the Bible says. That means that God does judge sin. The world was wicked and God judged it with a flood. But there's a worse judgment coming upon this earth, and that is a judgment of fire. And even worse than that, there's an eternal judgment of fire. And you say, well, I don't believe that. The Bible clearly says these things. So here's my plea to you, is to simply realize that the Bible is true, and there's a story of sin and judgment, but there's also an offer of salvation by this incredible God that created all of these things that we see, and He has offered you and I everlasting life. 
We cannot save ourselves. We cannot earn it. It's not about being religious. It's not about joining a church or being water baptized. It's about putting your faith in the Son of God, Jesus. He came, he lived, he never sinned. He died on a cross for our sins. He rose again the third day and he's alive. He's alive and he is inviting you to put your trust in him and be saved. And once you have been saved by the Creator, Jesus, you are in Him and He is in you through the Spirit of God and that can never change. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That brings hope and purpose and meaning to life. You can be saved today by simply accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in Him and Him alone. And when you do that, the Bible says you have right now everlasting life. Your kids and grandkids are being bombarded by evolution and humanism. Equip them with resources that will help them not only survive, but thrive. As a thank you for your gift of any amount this week, Jim Scudder will send you an action-packed dinosaur adventure called Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. When your gift is $35 or more, you will receive two more exciting video adventures, irrefutable creation evidence, a behind-the-scenes tour of Carl Baugh's fascinating Creation Evidence Museum in Glen Rose, Texas, and Origins, Creation or Evolution, a walk through the incredible Institute for Creation Research Discovery Center with Frank Sherwin. To make an investment in Grace, call now, 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to ingrace. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.